Hey, uh, welcome. I'm Tom, I'm lead pastor here. If you're, we're closing down our series in Jeremiah. Uh, Jeremiah, we've been uh, looking at how not to 2019. Um, and, and for the first three weeks, we looked at all of the things that caused Israel to uh, just be a disaster and end up being punished by God. So Jeremiah is the weeping prophet. He oversees um, the kind of failure of Israel and Israel being pushed into exile in Babylon, where uh, they lived for like 70 years before being able to return to the promised land. He oversaw the last king of Israel um, having his eyes gouged out right after he watched um, his children be murdered. Uh, this is not a fun ministry that Jeremiah had. And we saw that because of bad kings, bad prophets, and bad priests, Israel had been led into and off into the crazy town against what God would have. And as a result, God said, I, we, we've got, I've got to put a stop to this. That's how not to live 2019. If you want to know how not to 2019, go back the last three weeks. The great news is that at the end of Jeremiah, or near the end of Jeremiah, God speaks to Israel and gives them a promise. He tells them what they ought to do uh, when they go off into exile, and he, and he promises them this isn't the end. There's still hope. And uh, we've been asking this question really all month. You know, what what does 2019 have for this church? What is CBC going to do? What's in store for us? And I think today we're going to get a glimpse of the answer. Now, I'm not, a pre- I'm not a prophet, so I could be wrong. But I don't think I am. I think, well, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. So uh, I just want to invite you, uh, a lot of people love uh, Jeremiah 29, 11. We'll be, we'll be uh, looking at that text today. But uh, we're going to start out a little bit before that. This is Jeremiah 29, uh, we're going to start with 4 to 7. Uh, Yahweh, the Lord of heavenly forces, the God of Israel, proclaims to all the exiles I have carried off from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Cultivate gardens and eat what they produce. Get married and have children. Then help your sons find wives and your daughters find husbands in order that they too may have children. Yeah, don't ever let them choose on their own. You know, that's the biblical way. We go, we find them for them because they're likely to make a bad choice. I'm only half kidding. (laughs) Increase the number there so that you don't dwindle away. Promote the welfare of the city where I've sent you into exile. Pray to Yahweh for it because your future depends on its welfare. Uh, You notice I've highlighted here exiles. Exiles from Jerusalem to Babylon. At this point, Jeremiah is no longer speaking to the people who are still in Israel. They're done. He's now speaking to the people who have been carted off in exile. We're told probably about 20% of the inhabitants of Jerusalem are off living in exile in Babylon. And exile is something that we think, oh, that's something that happened 2,500 years ago to the, the, the Jews. That's not something that happens to us now. But I want to I push back against that. You know, uh, last month, our verse of the month was, um, it was about our colony is from heaven. It's the New Testament. It's this confession in the New Testament that Christians basically belong in heaven. That's where our home is. And we've been sent as kind of like an invading force into foreign hostile territory to claim territory for God, to create a place of of faithfulness to God in the midst of a hostile environment. And that means that you and I aren't home. 
we are in the midst of a foreign land, a hostile land, and there are good things about that and there are bad things about that. But what it does mean is whatever you want to say about it, this isn't really where we belong. And there should or hopefully is in each of our hearts a longing for a real home. I have a picture there of the, uh, the Jews by the river. Um, we looked about six months ago at the, the psalm by the rivers of Babylon. It's been turned into songs and contemporary music too, but it's, it's, um, it's a sad, sad psalm, and it, and it comes in the midst of great grief and trial. At the very beginning of the exile, the, the people are like, what's going to happen to us? We're going to fall apart. We're going to be destroyed. How can we maintain our identity? How can we remain faithful to God if we're in this foreign place where they don't pay attention to God, and they're constantly uh, causing us to, to abandon him? That's the same question that we ask almost week to week. How can we remain faithful? How can we be the kinds of people that God's called us to be when we are in an absolutely hostile culture? A culture that is constantly telling us that the last thing you need to do is be faithful. The first and most important thing you need to do is please yourself. Well, God, through the prophet Jeremiah, tells the people what they must do. And so what I've put together is I've put together a report card. Because, all right, so the, the people of Israel, they're carted off to Babylon, and Jeremiah, through, God, through Jeremiah, tells them what they need to do, right? And if we, too, are in exile, then these are presumably things that we need to be doing as we wait for exile to end. And so we're going to highlight those, and we're going to see if, in fact, Coast Bible Church is anything like a faithful community in exile. So, the first thing that God says, he says, you got to build houses and settle down. you got to cultivate gardens and eat what they produce. I mean, really, what, what, what God is saying is he's saying, look, I know you're expecting, like, a really quick rescue, but that's not going to happen. You're going to be stuck in South Orange County with amazing weather, but still stuck there for a long time. I guess if there's a place to be stuck, this isn't too bad. And so, and so what God's saying though is he's saying, he's saying, put down your roots. Really settle in for the long haul. Your exile may take a lot longer than you expect. And as you do it, like, make this your home and do everything that you would do in a home, right? Like, in, in that culture, you know, create, uh, gardens and eat the produce. Like, you know, feast on what you can, can, can make and create. When you're, when you're there, try to make your homes, the kind, not just tents that are going to get broken down, but nice places that can foster a family and grandkids and regular kids. So I have some pictures from 2018. Oh, wait, this is a video. Let's see. If, does the video work? Try it. Please work. Please, please work. Failure. I'm just going to assume it's not going to work. Basically, that's um, a lift, and that actually was, happened right here about nine months ago. Or, no, 11 months ago. Maybe even 12. I don't know. But did you notice how, how amazing our sound is? Like, it's just amazing. And, and that's because Bill, uh, he's on a lift there, and he, he nearly sacrificed his life to... Uh, I, I, he was like, you want to get up here? I was like, no, <laughs> absolutely not. Like, what are we paying you nothing for? Like, come on. 
Uh, yeah, and he, and basically, these speakers really are, um, it's us settling in, saying, hey, the 21st century, we don't know when the Lord's coming back. We've got to be ready. And people need to be able to understand all of the nonsense that Tom is saying from week to week. Do you know, and this is a true fact, since these speakers have been put in, not once has someone come up to me and said, you talk too fast, I can't understand what you're saying, you need lessons on how to articulate. God be praised! More importantly, our music is incredible. Another picture, uh, or a series of pictures, I think. Oh, now it's working. Oh, look at that! There's one where I'm just laughing at him because he's, Bill pretends like he's a courageous man, but he, uh, the whole time he was like, like sweating bullets and like, I don't know if I'm going to make this. I'm like, you're doing great. I'm going to go back to the office. I'm like, check on him. Yeah, he did that all by himself. Oh no, I think some, some people helped, but it was mostly Bill. All right, uh, look, look at this. So, um, and then this also happened this year. Lindsay, we have a new children's director at Coast, Lindsay Ballinger. And she, uh, she apparently there was mold and, and there were like uh, crusty milk creatures growing in our nursery, which is fine because we don't have a lot of babies. But she thought, what if, what if we do? And so she went in and she built a little home there. She cultivated a little tree garden. You should go check it out. Uh, I think we're actually, we actually have babies that, that show up in the, in, the, in, the, in the nursery now. And then thank goodness they're not getting you know, consumed by milk monsters. Building her house, like settling down roots, saying we're going to be in here for the long haul. We better do it right. And nobody eats like we do. Oh. Yeah, there's a nacho bar there from one of our events. There's the donuts from, we had this crazy Christmas donut thing. There's like, you know, Thanksgiving. That it, I mean, you talk about a church that gets together and just packs in the calories. Like, we crush that. I gotta I got stop. Like, seriously, I, I can start, I'm feeling my, my, uh, my arteries hardening. And like, we... So here's the deal. I'm, I'm really, this morning when I woke up, I was like, okay, I really, this time I gotta stick to it. Really gotta shut out the carbs. Really got, so if you can help me do that, I, I've got to because my goodness, I, any more of those donuts and I think I'm, I think I'm done. So, report card. Building and eating. A plus. Way to go team. Coast Bible Church, crushing it. Like, nobody's exiling like we're exiling. We're in a hostile environment, but by golly... You know, here's the thing. I was going to give us, like, an A- minus because, as I've been harping on for a long time, the pu- color of these pews is horrible. And, and that does need a refresher. We're working on that. Uh, just So I would like to be an A++, um, you know, to update this uh, environment to look a little bit more like the 21st century. But at least we can hear, and at least the kids aren't going to die in the nursery. So praise the Lord. Awesome. What's the next thing uh, that's called out? Get married and have children. Then help your sons find wives and your daughters find husbands in order that they too may have children. I'm doing my part. Uh, If you don't know, uh, we had a son in September. Um, I think the only child... When was Isaac? Is Are Matt and Deborah in here? When was Isaac born? 2018 or 17? Nobody knows. 17. Okay, so in the last year, the only people who have been reproducing here, me and my wife. And we, and we did, not, not because we wanted to, but because uh, every week, Colleen in the office would be like, you know you're supposed to have kids. 
I'm like, I've, I've got two. And she's like, that's not enough. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so we got some pictures of, uh, of, it's not just, here's the deal, it's not just having kids, it's raising kids. And this is why, like, it doesn't matter if you um, are a, a couple and you're childless or if you're single, this, this still implicates you, okay? The idea is, is that if the community is going to thrive on the long haul, we need to be focused on raising children. What this means is, you may not have kids, you may not be married, but you're still on the hook, it's your job to like help out, okay? Doesn't mean you necessarily have to do anything too icky, but you're a part of the team. It's a family here, and you're part of that. Moreover, if, um, if, if, if it's hard to have kids, I mean, I know that we have several um, people here who've either adopted or are looking to foster. That is a great way to expand the family. That's awesome. Don't think that just because you're, you know, don't have children or you're not married, that this somehow doesn't apply to you. So what do we do here? People are like, a lot, of the, a lot of the older single people are like, I just don't fit in here. All you ever do is like talk about kids. And, and that's why we made that trebuchet. Do you see that trebuchet? It's right up there, the top middle. That thing was awesome. We, uh, we, sl- we slung those pumpkins, you know, like 50 to 100 feet. Dustin's got plans for an even larger, more powerful one for Easter. There's beautiful children eating candy. The, and, and, oh, and then the, uh, the pie face. That's, uh, see, here's the deal. Okay, even like, uh, like, like just because you're an adult doesn't mean you're not helping raise kids. Kids love it when you get a pie in your face as an adult. And so thank you, Mike, Mike Robinson. Well done, sir. Well done. Excellent. Yeah. So raising kids, yeah, we're doing pretty good there. But marrying? Have another picture here. <laughs> this year, um, great news, everybody. We uh, we hired a uh, a new youth intern. He's 21 years old. Ryan, where are you? Oh, you cute little guy there. Okay, Ryan. Here's the deal, man. From from the time I got back from Japan all the way to my wedding day in 2008. Seven, whenever that was, seven, eight. 2009, of course. Of course, honey. For five years, all anyone ever did was be like, why aren't you married yet? Now it's your turn. But here's the thing. We failed, Ryan. We failed him because who's he going to marry? He's like the only person who's single in his 20s in this entire congregation. That was it, Ryan, just to, it was the same for me. And then Doug recruited Aaron to come help with the youth group. And it was a match made in heaven because we had no other options. <laughs> it was awesome. I know I'm married. That's a joke, man. Jeez. Crazy. No, but I, I'm, I'm serious, though. I, I, I think I, I'm taking us down a little notch here because, you know, we are doing amazing things. We're raising kids. That's awesome. But there is a space where we could be growing. We, we really could be emphasizing and helping out people in their 20s. And we don't really have a ministry there. And that's something that we need to think about. We need to bulk that up. Otherwise, poor Ryan is going to have to join the priesthood. So I think, oh yeah, so, so for uh, marrying and raising kids, I'm giving us a, what did I give us? A B plus, B plus. Doing pretty good, need to, uh, need to and it, 
look, I haven't performed a wedding in a long time, so we got to work on that. I don't like doing it, but, you know, it's important, so. And, and why? And why? Because, again, what God's saying is when you're in exile, when you're not home, when you're, when you're away from home, what you're trying to do is, is build roots and preserve a faithful community. And you can't do that without more folks. And the easiest, and <laughs> the easiest, one of the best ways to, uh, to do that is to reproduce, to fit, form families. Jeremiah, uh, speaking for the Lord, the Lord speaking through Jeremiah goes on. He says, Increase in number there so that you don't dwindle away. Promote the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. Um, I, I, I've separated, or I've, I've highlighted increase in number because primarily the way that Jewish um, communities and minorities increased in number was through procreation. Jews uh, typically did not spend a lot of time doing what we call mission or trying to reach out and make other people um, become Jewish. That did happen, but it wasn't a huge emphasis. Now, where we are in, in, the, in the New Testament times, after the resurrection, we've been called not just to, to reproduce, you know, that way with, with childbearing, but also through reaching out and getting other people to come in. People who aren't connected to the church, aren't connected to Christ. People who are off doing their own thing. They, they've seen it, they know it's lame, and they're done with it, and we're like, but wait, come on and check us out. Hold on a second, there is something for you here. When it says promote the welfare of the city, typically as Christians, we start to think about um, doing local missions. That's something that we would do. Like if you're going to promote the the welfare or the health of South Orange County, we would go and maybe visit at a senior home or something like that. Well, um, really what was going on in the ancient world is that the Jewish people were called to be um, really good citizens. Like, Make money so you can pay taxes. Uh, form relationships with, uh, with, with non-Jews and, and get to know them and love them and, and, and make, become work colleagues with them. Don't be this like separate, separated minority, but instead be deeply connected to the community around you. In our terms, that means things like, you know, working and, and having a life that's not just church. A life that's outside of church that is, that is helpful and brings uh, good things to the people around us. It does mean working hard. It does mean uh, participating in, in community activities, you know, sports and, and I guess rock climbing is the new hotness. Rock climbing. You're not that good. You're too small. So far. Um, and so I, d- I did, I got some pictures of, uh, of this right here. It can also, of course, mean international mission, and we do have a strong presence uh, in Haiti. But really, um, there is a sense in which increasing in number uh, is, is, and promoting the welfare of the city, it means like trying to create a community of people who are benefiting, um, who are prospering physically, emotionally, and spiritually, and thereby blessing everyone around us. Uh, it's just about three years ago now, I think it was almost exactly three years ago, that uh, our former senior pastor, Neil Anderson, announced that he was going to be leaving, or he told me, told the elders. Um... For those of you who weren't here, it was a very traumatic time. Uh, about two years ago, uh, a year after he announced and then left, we were averaging between 80 and 90 people, including kids, 
on a Sunday, there was a lot of feeling like the church might not make it. If ever there was a sense that we were in exile, people who were here can tell you two years ago, man, was there any hope? These are just a a few pictures of the fact that over the last two years, because we have been focusing on putting down roots and building buildings and being faithful and staying with it and marrying and raising kids and being being committed to those things that God calls exiles to do, we're we're turning around. It's amazing. Um, I mean, not that numbers are anything super important, but it does make a difference when we feel like we're reaching out and people are being blessed and lives are being changed. That, that matters. And it's awesome. Like right now we're like, you know, 130 to 140 people a Sunday. That's a huge jump. 50 of those are kids. We're, our kids are such a mess that now we've got, we, like there's so many of them that now we, we, we need to find some way on Sunday mornings to separate our junior high and high school group. We need more volunteers. Uh, we need more volunteers for our third through fifth, and they're probably going to have to to split up at some point. We're we're just there's this sense that the numbers really are there, and how are we going to deal with that? How are we going to to keep thriving, keep increasing in the middle of that? That's a tough challenge, but man, what a great problem to have! Instead of feeling like, man, are we, is this are we going to die? So yeah, I, I do think, I'm taking a little bit off of us here because I do think that we could do better about being visible in our, in our local community. And we do have some folks who are passionate about that and are, are, are starting to come up with ideas. But when we're talking about um, you know, increasing and, and promoting the welfare of the city, I think I gave us an A-. minus. Yes, A-. minus, Pretty good. So here it is. I mean, even without this text, what we've been doing as a, as a community, following the elders' leadership and, and, and you know, battening down the hatches and working together, we really actually have already been doing what God called the, the exiles in Babylon to do. As exiles from our heavenly home, we've been doing what God's called us to do. And we're doing an amazing job, and it's really exciting. And what's really neat is that God doesn't stop with that command. He doesn't just end there. He has a special word. He says, listen, listen. And let's, let's, let's take a look at it. This is uh, verses 11 to 14. God says this, I know the plans I have in mind for you, declares Yahweh. They are plans for peace, not disaster, to give you a future filled with hope. When you call me and come and pray to me, I'll listen to you. When you search for me, yes, search for me with all your heart, you're going to find me. I'll be present for you, declares Yahweh. I will end your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I've scattered you. And I will bring you home after your long exile, declares Yahweh. I've highlighted a few things. The first is peace, or you. A lot of people... um, maybe don't recognize this, but uh, this is not just you. This is it's important. It's a y'all. This is, a, this is for all y'all. I know the plans I have in mind, not just for Gary, but for all y'all. This community, this, this, this place, Coast Bible Church, I, I've got a vision for who you are and who you will be. Not just 
any individual here or there, but you as a, as a, as a community, as a family. And guess what? I have peace planned for you. Uh, a lot of tr- uh, translations will say like uh, uh, plans to prosper you or to increase you. But really, the Hebrew there is shalom. It is the Hebrew for, for, for peace. The reason translators tend not to say peace, they say something else, is because we, as Americans and as English speakers, peace sounds to us like not war. But that's not what peace means in Hebrew. In Hebrew, peace means something more like human flourishing. Or in the Greek tradition, Aristotle would coin the word eudaimonia. This is probably very similar to what uh, the Hebrew people meant when they said shalom. It's a place of abundance. It's a place of security. It is a place of value. It's a place of spiritual and emotional thriving. It doesn't necessarily mean like rich, but it does mean you have a place in the world and you are serving God and serving each other. It means you are living the right kind of human life, a full and complete human life. To the exiles living in Babylon, that seemed like a dream. Two years ago, it seemed impossible here. But now, I see a future filled with hope. I, I see now when we do call on the Lord, he's, he's hearing and listening. I'm seeing prayers answered. I'm seeing lives changed. I'm seeing and sensing that God is here. God is present. God is real. God is moving. And I really believe that 2019 is the year that God is bringing us home after a long exile into a life of shalom. I believe God's leading us home to full shalom. Maybe you've sensed something similar. Maybe uh, there's been a few people who've said things like, I feel like the temperature is rising. And it, it, is it literally rising? Because I'm pretty warm right now. (laughs) Don't look. I have an undershirt. Did you notice, by the way, after Scott ruined my regular shirt, I had a backup? Always thinking ahead. It was a great hug, man. Thank you. Um, it, 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 it seems like there's, uh, we're, we're poised. We're on this, this brink. We're just pressing in, and, we're, and, and there's this moment where it's like there's all these things that God has for us uh, to do and to experience, and we're like just about to, to me, it feels like, um, you know, there's like a, a dam, and there's cracks in the dam, and water, living water, Holy Spirit water is like just trying to break out. And look, we're just sitting there waiting and there's this sense of anticipation and excitement and joy. And it's like, wow, what's going to happen next? If, if we can, if God can give us speakers 
and a sound system. If he can uh, re-energize our nursery, if he um, can bring, you know, we've got the connect team so that we're really a face of, of welcome to people. If God can create the prayer and care team, if God can do all of that stuff in just one year. Oh, and by the way, we have a, an annual meeting after this, and I no, it's important. Uh, just, so I, I get all these emails and I don't read any of them, but one I did read and it said something like, I think our treasurer Dustin said something like, God's been super faithful and wonderful to us. And I think he had said something like, like this year, uh, in 2018, we're like $25,000 in the black or something like that. He can correct me during the annual meeting. He's like, no, it's actually $6. Am I close? He nods, but he's like, but there are caveats. Okay. Okay. If, if that can happen, then, then what's next? Like, what else is coming our way? Good things are coming our way. Shalom is coming our way. A full, robust experience of human life in the light of God, serving him, serving each other, and being made one. In his spirit. I'm telling you. I am. Really pumped. I don't know if Trump's going to get to give his state of the union. But uh, my state of the union. Right now. Is that in 2019. God is leading this church home. To full and complete shalom. So don't miss out. Don't miss out. There's a lot of places for you to get plugged in and involved. There's a lot of places where you can start to be a part of what's happening. And you can get excited about it. I mean, we, we got fresh things happening in youth ministry. Fresh things happening in children's ministry. Fresh things in local missions coming. We have fresh things with our Connect team. We have fresh things uh, in Coaster's ministry. Our prayer and care team is expanding. I mean, lots and lots of things are happening. There is life and there is excitement. And don't miss out. Don't let 2019 go by and be like, well, the sermons are pretty good, I guess. Um, man, the music sounded okay. No. Get plugged in and live the full, complete life that God has set out for you. Because things are happening and things are getting really, really good. Let's pray. Gracious God, we um, are so grateful for what you've done this past year. How you've brought uh, so many people and created so many exciting things, how you've moved, how you've healed and transformed, how you've redeemed. God, we thank you for those who got baptized today, just confirming that, that yes, they trust you, they trust in Jesus, and yes, you are Lord. God, we pray for more baptisms in 2019, more people coming to you, more people committing to you, more people seeking you and seeking others. We praise you for what you've done this, this last year and we look expectantly for you to lead us home into full and complete shalom. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.